0: Welcome to Appalachian Shine, the official podcast for the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. And if you're listening to this, then consider yourself a part of the team. Stick around and let's shine a light on all things Appalachia. Welcome back to another episode of Appalachian Shine. I'm JC, uh, the, uh, the director and president here at Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. Today is November 12th. Uh, it's raining outside here. and probably over good bits of Appalachia. Um, but you know, in the infamous words of Guns and Roses, nothing lasts forever. Even cold, November rain. <laughs> so uh, hopefully we're all having a great weekend. Um, <clears throat> wanted to do a quick podcast today a quick episode I've uh, got a, a few questions from some of our followers and some of our supporters um one uh asking about how things went with the latest round of operation helping hand uh we actually were able to deliver some things uh last month to um, family crisis uh, services uh to help the homeless around the area and uh so that that went off really really well, so I want to thank everyone who, again, who did uh, donations of clothing or or made monetary donations for so it's, uh, so we could go get some uh, goods and uh, and items uh, purchased for this program. So uh, quite a few of you are asking if we were still uh, in the process of doing this. This is going to be kind of a year long thing. We're never really going to stop Operation Helping Hand, uh, but we're going to like focus on twice a year or two or three times a year to deliver those things down there. So, yes, we are still taking clothing donations, uh, whatever items you might want to donate. Uh, if you want to make a monetary donation and you make it online or with one of us, just let us know that you want that to go to Operation Helping Hand, and we'll hold those uh, those funds separate for that. So, um, yeah, we certainly appreciate everybody that that went through, uh, went through this with us and helped us out with all this. So it went off really well our next delivery after speaking with them down there about when, when they're in most need of needing donations, uh, we're looking at probably around March. So that'll be our next delivery of things down there, whether it's, uh, clothes, and other items. However, uh, keep in mind two of the biggest things that they need. Like if you want to go out and purchase like underclothes or socks, things like that, those are really big needs always. Um, cause they don't take, you know, used clothes donated like that. But, uh, uh, another thing that's needed at that time uh, food yeah that was a big a big thing that they needed was was food so they do get some food donations when I went down there to drop the uh, the goods off um, and the clothing donations there was tons of loaves of bread laying around so don't buy that give that now but wait till it's closer to uh to March you know sometime in February if you have canned items around the house you want to donate Um let us know. We'll get those things and uh, be able to donate some, some uh, food. And, I, I you know, I, I'm going to ask if they need, like, cooking utensils, too, like pots or pans, um, uh, silverware, things things like that. So I'm going to ask more and get more details along those lines as we get a little closer to March uh, to do that donation. But I, I want to let you know, it felt so good to, to go down there and drop those things off. And be able to speak with them and just kind of pay it forward. So uh, everybody that was a part of that, thank you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart from the, you know, from all the directors that were so pleased to, to see uh, the donations come through. Uh, also, uh, as we get near the end of the year, like I said, it is November. This is sort of a time of year when a lot of nonprofits, I'm getting phone calls all the time from nonprofits over the last week. Uh, and actually a couple today um, looking for donations. So this is a big time at the end of the year where a lot of nonprofits need funding and you know, kind of go into the beginning of, of next year. Um, so keep that in mind. We are one of those nonprofits. I really hate going out there and, and doing that hard pitch all the time. I'm not going to go cold calling people or, or door knocking, but I am, you know, every time I meet somebody or talk to somebody, I'm always letting them know about the foundation, always letting them know about our needs. So if you're listening to this if you want to share this with your know, friends or colleagues or family, uh, please do. Uh, our website is supportappalachia.org. Uh we um you know we're like every other nonprofit out there. We uh we run low on funds at the end of the year and well, a lot of times all year long. Uh so um if you have it in your heart and you have the ability, uh certainly a uh, you know, $5 donation, $10 donations, these add up, they go a long way. Um so it's a lot easier for you know, 10 people to put in $5 each Then for you know one person put in 50 sometimes. But we appreciate every donation we get. We're actually gonna do another donation drive on Facebook. I'll be posting that up a little later on today. So you can also go to facebook.com forward slash support Appalachia. That's our foundation Facebook page. And you can uh, click on that right there and uh, make a donation as well. So all of that is greatly appreciated folks. You have no idea how much uh, all of you who are listening mean to me and to to what we do here. So thank you. If you see me out and about, I have a uh, box full of calendars. (laughs) So uh, we ordered some calendars as promotional to give away. um, And uh, we'd we'd love to give out every one of these. So if you see us, let us know and we'll give them away until we run out. It's a 12-month calendar. You hang on your wall it's a bit of a thank you to, to folks. So we've given it to, to donors and, and supporters alike. So thanks again. If you want a calendar, let me know, drop me an email, JC at support and just put calendar in the, uh, memo field. And we'll see when we can get up with you to get those. Uh, don't mind mailing them out, but they're kind of expensive. I don't know if you've noticed postage, but the kind of uh, envelope we have to get, it costs probably 10 bucks to mail one, but I mean, we, we will if we need to, but, uh, Anyway, um, thank you again. hope everybody likes the calendar. We put a picture up of the cover on on our Facebook page as well. I wanted to kind of jump into something, because here we are getting close to Thanksgiving, and this is one of my favorite times of year. I love Thanksgiving. The whole purpose and meaning of the the holiday uh, is very special to me. So I wanted to uh, bring up holiday traditions. Now, I'm not going to, I hate to jump ahead, but was doing some reading online. I found some really fun things I wanted to share on the podcast about legends and superstitions that go along with our holidays here in Appalachia. So, you know, those of us you know we that grew up here, we we know that we sort of here in these mountains we have our own ways of celebrating Christmas. Uh, a lot of people, I come to find out over the couple of last couple of years, still follow many like traditions that were passed on through the years. And I don't mean just decades, I mean a couple of centuries. <laughs> Some even still celebrate Christmas on January 7th instead of December 25th. If you're interested in that, actually, you can go back. I, I did a podcast before last Christmas talking about this because I thought that was just absolutely fascinating. And historically, Christmas was first celebrated by Christian churches on January 7th, and that went on up until like this sometime during the 16th century. Christmas was changed to December 25th after the Gregorian calendar was adjusted by the Church of Rome. But the Easter Orthodox Church continued to celebrate that on January 7th. And that filtered through, and some Appalachians still continue that uh, to this day. Um, but, you know, Appalachian you know, history, you know, history here is, is really a beautiful and amazing and a unique thing. Um, I'm so glad that here in Appalachia that we have very peaceful, beautiful time for most of us that are uh, that are you know, gathering around with friends and family our, you know, our pantries are full or our bellies are full. Uh, we take this time, I guess, during the holidays to sort of relax and enjoy each other. And um, it, it's so it's so fun, and especially for those of you who have children. I can, You know, just just the laughter and things like that around Christmas is really special. But back in the olden days, I guess it was really tough in Appalachia during Christmas. But one of the things that actually transformed and made Appalachian Christmas so special was the railroad. So these coal camps and railroad tracks, they brought, I mean, just the rail itself brought so many change uh, changes to customs and traditions in Appalachia. Uh, railroads and, I mean, just a lot of industry was brought through. A lot of wealth could trickle down into Appalachia. Uh, They would mine the coal, and, of course, the wealth would go running out. But a lot of things, you know, like customs and and new industry and and items and goods were were trickling into Appalachia. So that sort of brought an end to, I guess, the, I guess, traditions of, like, neighbors calling up on each other to help and trying to do Christmas as a, you know, I guess – in that sort of way, because a lot of poor families couldn't afford things, so they would rely on other families for stocking stuffers for their kids, like fruits and nuts and things like that, candy. Um, But, you know, that was, uh, uh, at that time then, once the rail came through, a lot of communities actually started setting up a community Christmas tree. And a lot of towns to this day will have giant, well, everywhere, have giant trees in the middle of town as a community Christmas tree here in Richlands, we have Christmas tree Hill and they light that up. And that's, I, I love that. It's, it's so beautiful to drive through and see, you know, this tree lit up on top of Christmas tree Hill uh, during the holidays. But, you know, a lot of those uh, things that were uh, given as presents, like, like I said, fruits, nuts, candy, a lot of that was taken out of the paychecks of the miners eventually. But there was some old Christmas traditions that still sort of live on, and as I was reading about this, I wanted to kind of just go through this. And for some of us here, this is a kind of a no-brainer, like we see this every year. But these are just old traditions that that uh, of ours that just sort of live on. Parts of um, Appalachia are still they still have games every Christmas, shooting matches, <laughs> Christmas pageants, Christmas caroling, and, and things like that. Um, so that that's always fun. Personally, I've never had Christmas carolers outside my house, ever. But not that it doesn't happen in some places. So if you are in a part of, the, of Appalachia where that happens, take pictures. Share that with us. I would love to share those online on our Facebook page and give you credit for the photos. And uh, just let us know where the photo was taken, who you are, where you're from. But, you know, a lot of these traditions... You know, again, a no-brainer, are traced back to the Scottish-Irish pioneers who settled here. So in those days, um, a lot of the younger people would celebrate Christmas by setting up bonfires and going serenading, which is, I guess, caroling, but, uh, but they also, the serenading part would involve shooting guns and firecrackers, not just singing. So that's kind of cool, though, that you see people dancing around a bonfire and serenading, but They also brought one thing that I hate, (laughs) fruitcake. Yep, Scottish settlers brought fruitcake to Appalachia. So it's a tradition, you know, that uh, every year, I'll I'll get one probably, or at least some of one, once every four or five years. When my father was alive, uh, he had uh, friends that would give it to him almost every year. He loved it. Never did like fruitcake. But uh, anyway, fruitcake, obviously made of fruits, nuts, Scottish whiskey. Um, And it was often made and given as a gift. So, yeah, you consider it like a present, not just something to drop off. So there are several other legends that surround Christmas here in Appalachia. They've been passed down from generation to to generation. Deep back in the mountains, many of these legends and superstitions still play a role in Christmas. In the mountains uh, of Appalachia in the late 1800s, children began to write letters to Santa, and they would burn those letters in the fireplace so the fairies could carry the message up the chimney and carry it to Santa Claus. That was an interesting tradition. I did not know that, Uh, writing a letter and burning it in the fireplace so that it goes up and the fairies deliver it. Uh, A lot of farmers believed that the weather on Christmas Day will forecast the coming year. So if Christmas Day is is warm, the cold Easter is going to follow. If Christmas is green, then you're going to get snow on Easter. And if Christmas was windy, uh, that meant that it was going to be a good season for crops. How they came to that determination, I have no idea. Uh, couldn't find that, but that was I thought that was kind of an interesting superstition. Single girls, this is fun, single girls who visit a hog pen at midnight on Christmas Eve will discover the type of man that they will marry. So if they see an old hog grunt first, she's going to marry an old man. If a young pig grunts first, her husband will be young and handsome. I have never heard of that in my life, but doing some digging, I found that. And uh, it has, Have any of you heard of this? Um, so anyway, there's uh, some other Appalachian superstitions about Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. A lot of people believe that animals kneel at midnight on Christmas Eve, as they did by the manger when Christ was born. They also talk during this time, and it's bad luck to hear them speaking. Now, that's a superstition never heard of that one either, but I have heard of this one. If you sit beneath a pine tree on Christmas day, you might hear an angel sing. However, if you do, you will not be alive to celebrate another Christmas. seems like I'd heard that one a few years ago. Not sure where that came from, but that's kind of a creepy legend. Um, not, not really festive for Christmas. Um, A rooster crowing on Christmas Eve actually wards off evil spirits. I've heard that one, too, before. Uh, As far as Christmas Day, this, I'd never heard this one before, but this was interesting. Any loaves of bread and cakes made on Christmas Day have healing abilities. And many people would keep those cakes and breads so they could be used to cure illness throughout the year. That's, That's new to me. That's... That's kind of cool. That's a cool uh, legend, superstition. Hearing a cat meow on Christmas Day causes evil spirits to visit you throughout the new year. If that's the case, then almost everyone I know is in deep trouble. (laughs) Christmas Day visits to neighbors' houses require the visitors to eat a piece of stack cake or mince pie to ensure good luck. Visits from 12 neighbors ensure good luck for the whole year. All right, that was interesting too. So, anyway, what kind of legends and superstitions have you heard of? Do you know people that live, uh, still live, with those uh, practicing those? Uh, it'd be fun to know. But as we go into the holidays, did want to wish everybody, a, you know, we got a couple of weeks or another week and a half, a very happy Thanksgiving. Um, I, I love this time of year. We have so much to be thankful for. Uh, and so much uh, uh, that we can do to pass, you know, pay it forward. Uh, make sure that uh, you think about that each day. Say something kind to a stranger. Help someone out in need. I hope you enjoyed the uh, the podcast today. If you have any other superstitions or um, legends you want to bring up, uh, drop me an email and I'll read them on our next podcast. Uh, it's jc at supportappalachia.org. Yeah, these are fun. Hey, thanks everybody for tuning in again to Appalachian uh, Shine. Uh, We are working on our next newsletter, so that's going to go out soon. If you'd like to be on our newsletter list, uh, visit us online at supportappalachia.org. There's a Contact Us tab, um, and just contact us and give us your email and let us know you'd like to be a part of that. Uh, We'll try to get these posted up online as well as uh, a couple of weeks after we get them out, but uh, we can just deliver them right to your email. And... uh, We certainly appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for your support, your time. Have a great weekend. As always, we'll see you down the road.